bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five What a way to make a living Barely getting by It's all taking and no giving Baby, just use your mind That's a banger. Let me turn it back up a little bit. Hold on. <laughs> That uh, that fucking uh, baseline in the beginning. That uh, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing that little Beyonce walk, doing that part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Welcome to uh, episode eighty-six of the Burning Bridge Podcast. I am uh, one of two hosts now, uh, Ricky Pacork and Ken Wilson. And uh, today's episode is uh, pretty cool. It's been a pretty. Uh, Anticipated, uh, Mr. Uh, Jad S. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, there you go. Hey, what's up, everybody? Yeah, um, let me turn down Dolly. Let me pause Dolly before it's on my own repeat playlist. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we've been, uh, we had to skip out last week. We, uh, had a bunch of stuff. Ken had shit to do, you had shit to do. Um, some busy see. motherfuckers. Are you on the mic? Are you, you're up, right? Oh, let's see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I, I have one mic muted, and I didn't know if it was this one or not. Yeah, um, I think I, I think I am. Yeah, yeah, you're good. You found a place easily. Everyone always has a. Who was it? It was uh, Drew. Drove the fuck. Oh out yeah, there's another street named. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in Medford. <laughs> yeah, same address, everything. He's like, yeah, I went to the wrong house. It's like twenty yeah. minutes away or something. I was yeah. waiting on you to get here. I didn't want to just knock on somebody's door. <laughs> no, no, I, I I get it. Um, yeah, uh, we met at uh, just a comedy show. We were outside smoking in the rain. Hell yeah! And um, I heard about the the whole uh, PBS story before I even met you. And then uh, I think I brought it up outside while we were smoking, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I, that's me." I'm that I'm that guy. Um, I don't know if you. I don't know even how to start that story because uh, there's a few people that do listen that that know who you are. But uh, I guess you can explain. Yeah. Also, that show it was funny because when Andrew brought me up, he's like, "You seen this guy in the Philadelphia Inquirer?" Oh yeah. Or, and then I think he was like, "He figured out this is a bad introduction." <laughs> to That's funny. You know this guy from getting fired. That's funny as shit. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, he did say that. That was a sick ass show, though. That, I love that room. Um, it's it's super tiny, it's super tight, but it's also like spread out at the same time somehow. I don't know how they worked. I I, I enjoy the the three table chair, or, uh, three seat tables and whatnot. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll be I'll be helping out a, a little more with that show, which is pretty cool. Um. But yeah, back to uh, yeah. How, how what? So you worked at WHYY, right? right? It's the okay. public radio station in Philadelphia. I worked there for like five years, actually, and okay. it's uh, I worked for a show that was uh, that aired nationally uh, on you know airs in like New York and all over Texas, and all, you know. 
for like five years and uh you know i've been doing stand-up a few years as well and uh, really my boss and everybody on the show they all like knew i did stand-up and just didn't care you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying it was like one of those things where it's like uh just nobody really gives a shit if you're just an open micer doing mm-hmm. stand up and uh, you know it's just kind of your hobby uh and it wasn't really a a problem i you know i'd post like my uh clips on ig of like different stand up and uh my boss followed me on instagram like never really gave a shit and then i don't know what it was actually i do know what happened uh uh one day, like in January, like the end of January, I get this email that's like, yo, we got to go to a meeting here in like two hours. It was like a Zoom meeting. I didn't have to actually go anywhere. Like we got a Zoom meeting. It's for a very serious personnel matter. And I'm like, what the fuck? You're like, who did I touch? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said when Drew brought me up. I was like, don't believe the allegations, dude. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Only 15 what... women came forward. That's hilarious. I didn't know the context of that one. <laughs> Yeah. Nah, but I was like, yeah, yeah. Who do which which one of the, <laughs> yeah, who did I meet to at this public radio station? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but it was just a meeting, and like my boss was like, I don't know what the fuck this is. You got to call the union, and so the union called them up, and it was like ten in the morning. Uh, and they put me in this meeting, and then it was just like my boss sitting at a table, the union guy sitting beside her, and then on the other side was like this vice president of uh, something or another. WHYY has like he was Mister PBS in the fucking yeah. meeting with you, Mrs. I don't know, Channel Twelve, Mrs. PBS. Yeah, think about WHYY. The place has like ten, twelve vice presidents. It's, I think it's. Uh, definitely some kind of money laundering operation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they uh, basically, uh, they started the meeting and they just, they had my boss read like a statement. She wasn't like on board with this at all. She was like, what the fuck is this? So they had her read a statement. It's like for gross violations of WHYY values and conduct. You're terminated immediately. Uh and she was like, it was wild that they made my boss read it, which was. So I was I was expecting weird. you to say I was expecting you to say like they were reading your jokes out like a like a rapper. I wish, and, and, <laughs> like in a judge, like like a stenographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jad uh, said, <laughs> um, I, "Dude, I did get a list of my jokes and and <laughs> what was wrong with them, which is very funny." Oh my. They, they, they were getting they had tips notes. on. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> "Here, you got to fix these." Eventually, yeah. <laughs> But no, they, so this lady, yeah, it was basically like, apparently what happened, I got the story later, because nobody knew what was going on, they completely fucked over, like, we still had a show to do, we put out a weekly, hour-long science show that's like reported and edited and produced, Okay. and so nobody on the team knew this was coming, No, nobody had any idea, Uh, apparently what had happened is somebody who works at WHYY, I don't think is a union employee, so I don't think it, I don't know if it's a reporter or what. Somebody saw one of my clips on IG and recognized my face mm-hmm. and went to the executives and was like, "You got to do something about this." Mm, it was like a Karen esque yeah. situation. Fucking front desk. Yeah, that's pretty wild. <laughs> Who knows? Because they because the thing is, 
they're trying. You know, sounds like, like a, it sounds like a white woman. Yeah, without a doubt, they, there's two white ladies really? coming at me. <laughs> sounds like a white woman with a big butt and a cardigan. Yeah, damn, dude. Actually, well, no, nah, dude. They have. It was two white white lady executives were who did it basically. Uh, I don't know who the tipster was. Somebody who just saw because it's. It, I never talk about work, like you know, comics and stuff. Didn't even know where I worked. Yeah, I don't talk about it in my act because uh, public radio is just too fucking strange. It's mm-hmm. you wouldn't believe how like bizarre these people are. So like, was it just a bunch of egos? No, nah, I mean it's people that are like so. Like I'm kind, I'm a left wing guy, but these people are like. I mean, the way they talk is, like, unreal. It's just all, like, it's like having a conversation with, like, a sociology textbook. Like, you didn't, you didn't uh, come in, you didn't come in and give us your pronouns or anything. Like, yeah. Is it that extreme? Like, is it? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Dude. It's wow. like, they get pissed if you say, like, pregnant women instead of pregnant Jesus people. Christ. It's one of these. It's one of these. How do they places. feel about homeless people? <laughs> Especially <laughs> <wouldn't>, in Philly. <laughs> they would be offended that you called them homeless people instead of people now. experiencing homelessness. Oh, Jesus Christ. Genuinely. <laughs> It's like changing it from colored people to people of color. So you, so you, you, you being yeah. uh, in, involved with all them, uh, I'm just going to assume that you were like, you felt like an outcast already. You're like, uh, how am I fitting in here? Like, well, uh, <laughs> I mean, with the rest, I'll tell you, like, because I've been a reporter for a long time. I've been okay. a reporter for like 15 years. Oh, so oh wow. Because I, uh, I started in the Marines. I was a combat correspondent. Uh, and then I covered like, I was a war reporter for a while after and worked in, like, newspapers and shit. And it's, like, the people who are reporters today are very different than the people who were reporters when I started out. Wow. Like, you kind of, like, after Trump got elected, it just the media kind of self-destructed and because mm-hmm. they didn't know how to deal with this guy. Mm-hmm. And then so a lot of... I, I still think they don't. They no. don't. Like, even with everything going on now, no. they still don't. They're still fucking it up. Yeah. Yeah. But they just, you had a lot of people who, like, old school journalists kind of went nuts because, like, you'd report something and then Trump would be like, that's fake. And half the country would believe it. <laughs> yeah. So they kind of lost their fucking minds. And then you had a new generation of people coming in wanting to be journalists who are really just activists. But they don't really, they wanted, during Trump, they wanted to, like, do something. They wanted I've never to, heard like, it put that way. That's, that's really fucking, that's a powerful statement, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've, I've never heard it that way. That's it's cool. people. I saw it like the class after me because I did a, a master's in journalism right before Trump was elected, and my class was like your old school journalists. Like they they care about the, you know they want to get the story right. They don't want to make yeah. any mistakes. They want to make sure like they understand everything. The very next class was completely different people. It was people that were just basically because Trump got elected, they were like, well, we want to fight back against this. Uh, and they were like, they had no business being journalists. They're people just a rage them. against the machine concert the whole fucking time. Just it's wild. <laughs> it was like mad bias. And it was just a bunch of bloggers. Becoming uh, journalists. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. And so that's kind of who works at WHYY for uh, a lot of, uh, that's kind of like they have trouble hiring people because it's like, if you see, you know, if you see, like, an NPR story that you roll your eyes at, like, somebody getting pissed about, like, you know, using black emojis or whatever, or, or you know, any kind of ridiculous headline you see that's, like, some woke nonsense. Mm-hmm. The people who see those headlines and are like, yeah, that's a cool story, that's who applies. So you have, like, this kind of loop of, like, just, 
I don't know, like the same kind of like woke person wanting to work there. And then if you see like a, a story about like, are these emojis racist? And you like roll your eyes at it. You're not going to apply to work there. So they're just outwoking uh, everybody. Man. They're just outwoking the next person trying to work so their way up. That's they're like wild. in this infinite loop of woke culture that they can't even re readjust back to like the old cult or the, I guess the objective culture that they had. Yeah, because if you're like a if you're like a real journalist, if you're someone who got into it for journalism, and then you see like, okay, this is what they're putting out. It's like, do you want to work with these people? Do you want to work in this environment where it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, Cause it shows every job has a toxic. Uh, oh yeah, hundred percent. Uh, yeah, it's just a a thing about each each job or wherever. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. I mean, I, I was lucky in that my team was like I had a small team, so I didn't have to deal with like the rest of the kind of like the the crazier stuff mm-hmm. I mean, you know i remember some dude wrote a wrote a story about like you know if you're pissed about a safe injection site in your neighborhood you got to check your privilege it's like, <laughs> that's where you're saying not addicted to heroin means you're privileged like that's how low <laughs> i used to post on is. i used to uh, post on facebook when i philly made that like a real big deal it was like two years ago or something they were opening them up I was like, who wants to go uh, check one out? Like, I just want to go to see it. Yeah, I kind of want to just, like, get a tour. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to use or nothing. Maybe, like, a goodie bag. I, I don't I don't even know how they do that. Like, is it like a, is it like a voting booth? Like, do you just, like, <laughs> go and shoot up, throw it away, and then open a curtain and fucking leave? Or? I go in there and use it like a WeWork, dude. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> we were. They're like, sir, are you going to use any heroin? You're like, I'll get, I'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your Wi-Fi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, a newspaper did a an article on you as well, right? It was yeah. uh, the Inquirer, the Philadelphia Inquirer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How they how they approach you? Was it just like did well, they meet you at an open mic like me and go, hey? <laughs> No, so I immediately, you know, I mean, the one thing I told him in the meeting, because I was like, okay, I'm not going to let you guys do this quietly if you're going to do this. I'm going to fight you guys, like, basically, because the way I see it is I see them as, like, extremists. Like, you call it woke or whatever, but it's, yeah. like, it's extremism. It's you're kind of, like, a fanatical person. Because here's the thing, dude, they, here's how, like, brutal these motherfuckers are. They cut off my health insurance the same day. Damn. Damn. There's okay. no, like, what's the, what's the program they have in Jersey, it's like Cobra or something. Yeah. something you can like do that. Cobra, but it's like two grand it. a month or something like. It's mm, like okay. you pay you pay what they pay, okay. plus what you pay plus two percent. That's it's, how Cobra works. It's yeah. crazy. It's yeah. crazy. These You're better off going on the marketplace. That's wild. Yeah, but the, I mean, the sometimes. Is, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I have I have MS, so I take a drug. That, oh wow! And they know this, by the way. I take a drug that costs ten thousand dollars a dose. I got to take it every month. They fired me like two days after I taken my last dose, and it's like so. I called up the people and I was like, "Yo, can I? You know, I, I take a drug that helps me walk. I'm yeah. like, "Yo, can I get this?" And I get ten thousand dollars. But it's Jesus. like this is how fucking. You know, this is why I call these people extremists. Like it's beyond woke. It's like you hear jokes yeah. and like that's your. You know. Yeah, it's like their ideology took over everything. Yeah. I, if you're not I, on board, you're 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 not. I'm you're starting not to it. I'm starting to hate, and I'm starting to see more, especially the more uh, um, sharp tongued I, I become on stage. Um, that people just uh, they're starting to piss me off, and I'm starting to get pissed off by like 
I wouldn't say the dumbest things, but just like I'll watch the news now. And I'm like, I got to turn this off. This yeah. is pissing me off. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like I think every- with age, I think it's just an age thing. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you this, even working at WHYY, I couldn't read the articles. Because really? I'd see it, because, like, as a journalist, like, I would see the bias. I would see, like, what they aren't reporting. I'd see, like, like a lot of things, uh, one of the bad things, failures of journalism is, like, reporters who write the story before they report it. Like, they just kind of decide this is the headline, and then they kind of paint by numbers, mm. talk to the right people, who are gonna don't talk to other people who are going to tell you con- contradictory stuff, and they just... It sounds like it's run by like J. Jonah Jameson or something. He's like, no, change the headline. <laughs> the thing is, it's, it's a lot of people think that like, yeah, with like biased news, it's like mm-hmm. some powerful person doing it. But it's the individual reporters that are, like they're all true believers. I'm starting to hear that more, too. Like you'll you'll read like a, a crappy uh, article about something and it's like, oh, well, who wrote it? And it's usually like some biased person that yeah. has the same opinion. Yeah, but they don't about have everything. like. They don't have like I, I'm, I'm assuming you guys have like a standards and practices, right? Some some on some capacity, nah, dude. It all it all kind of like went downhill during Trump, and then after like George Floyd as well. Uh, like yeah. you had, yeah, you had all these like, you know. Then the focus went on like, okay, so we have to get anti-racist. Like that became a thing at WHYY, it's where it's like we have to be an anti-racist organization. And it's like, well, you know, t- to my mind, objectivity is anti-racist. Yeah. You know, because racism is an irrational human invention. It's not like a real fucking thing. Right. But so they went on this tip where, like, we have to we have to make sure we're not reinforcing stereotypes. We're not stigmatizing people. We're not, um, you know, playing into any, like, hurtful narratives about people of color. And it's like, that's not journalism, dude. Like, that's, I understand that maybe that's, like, you have good intentions. Yeah. But you're talking about messaging and advocacy and not journalism anymore. And to my to my knowledge, I, uh, PBS gets like a, I would say, a pretty good rap from people if you were to ask. Like uh, you would, there's, I always see like the, the, the spectrum of the news and it's like Fox, Fox News on this side all the way here and then fucking mm. whoever else on the other side, uh, CNN or whoever on the other side and then it's everyone else in the middle somewhere. And I've always, to my knowledge, I've always seen PBS like semi in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Same thing with like NPR. and uh, I, I honestly can't remember watching a PBS show since before Trump. So like my perception of PBS is as soon as as soon as HBO got Sesame Street, I was like, "Fuck PBS!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 nah, I mean they. I, I think that's crazy. They they kind of the thing about like NPR is like they'll have reporters who work there forever. It's very hard, you know. Except me, it's very hard to get fired from <laughs> NPR <somewhere. laughs> unless you tell funny jokes. That's the thing about it. all these clips. Like, because they, you know, I'm not posting clips where I bomb, right? Yeah. So all these clips, they're clips where I'm crushing. Yeah. There's a room full of people laughing. That's wild how that works. And I'm like, one of the things I told the ladies, I'm like, listen, like, you guys know I don't have any fans, right? Nobody knows who the fuck I am. These are, all these clips are for me performing for strangers who are just random dudes who are just old enough to drink in Philadelphia. That's the only bar for entry. And I'm like, if, if they're laughing at all this stuff, what does that make them? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. I love I love going to mics or or you know shows and they they'll tell you straight up like check your ego at the door. 
please laugh. Don't take anything to heart. Like, it sucks that you have to say that out loud now. Yeah. Like, who goes to see comedy and is, like, pissed? Like, who's pissed off in line? Yeah. <laughs> You're pissed off in line? Damn. And you still got to buy two beers? You still got to yeah, buy you fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like... What the fuck is your problem, dude? Is, you're well, two beers in and you're still mad? You better be pissed and entertained. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Bro, and the thing is, these clips, they're not even at, like, comedy clubs. I, I, the thing is, like, <laughs> it's weird getting, like, like canceled as a very unsuccessful comedian. They're all, like, open mic. <laughs> you're at, like, a bar. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. I'm not, like, the Inquirer guy. He asked me, he was like, yo, do you think this is, like, cancel culture? I'm like, you can't get canceled from open mics, dude. Yeah, like. <laughs> I would have went all in on it. Like, yeah, I was doing big places. I was like, that's this, funny. This is, like, he brought up Shane Gillis. I'm like, that guy was headlining clubs when that Yeah. Happened. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and yeah, honestly, I, like, I think after that happened, he, he got bigger after that than probably what he did, what he would have done yeah. on SNL, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we did. brought that up with Drew Papsky. Yeah. Same thing. Um, but yeah, the the Inquirer guy found out about it because I was like, "Oh, I'm going to be public with this." Like, you guys, uh, you guys rely on the public for money. Like, you every that's true three, three months a year. Like, hey, donate. Um, and it's like, it, what also pissed me off is it wasn't like my team. It wasn't even reporters doing this. It was like a couple of vice presidents who, like, to my knowledge, I have no idea what the fuck they do. They're just people who work at these stations that make like, you know, six figures. Doing God, and you were work. just like a simple salary cut, like yeah, yeah, whatever. Fucking get rid of this guy. They're just six figure admins. That's a, that's <laughs> yeah, that's all they are. They sat me down in a meeting, and they were like, "This is your content is homophobic, sexist." They're like, "It's disgusting. It's more than disgusting. It's or it's more than offensive. It's disturbing. It's fucking racist." And then I stopped him. I was like, "You, you guys are white ladies, right?" Because <laughs> I was on the phone with them, I didn't know what they looked like. <laughs> and they were like, "Yes," and I was like, "Am I a racist?" And they were like, "Yes," and I was like, "Have you experienced racism?" And they were like, "That's not relevant." What you should have did was just go right into your routine, talking it's, about like yeah, being, yeah, in, yeah. being in the Middle East and all that. Like, what the, what are you wild. talking about, dude? Yeah, what the fuck it's are you talking wild. about? Yeah. Uh yeah, your uh even your um the the one set I seen you do that night, um you were talking about living in the Middle East, you were talking about uh you were in the you said the Marines, right? Marines, yeah. Uh as soon as you said Marines and then you got into uh into uh like the news and whatnot, um the first thing I thought of was a uh, full metal jacket. And I just imagine you in line with your nails out. <laughs> well, that was the job I had in the Marines. It's the same job as Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As combat correspondent. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Uh, yeah, they they couldn't make that movie today yeah. with a journalist towards the end of it taking Damn. pictures next to like dead bodies and shit. Fucking <laughs> yeah. do it on HBO. Um, so you you were there as a kid. You were in the Middle East as a kid. How's, I used, well, that? I grew up here, but I would go back like summers. Uh, summers okay. That's a wild summer camp, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> fucking, my dumbass parents. I mean, we we'd be out there. It'd be like a state of like war. Like I remember, I, I like I think when I was like eleven, I remember like I heard like it sounded like a car crash. It was just like this. Like a, I remember, it was just like this 
crashing of metal. Like I thought my uncle wrecked his Harley or something. And what what country is this? This is Lebanon. Lebanon. Ooh. Okay. Come to find okay. out, it was an airstrike. It was really airstrike. They hit oh, like Jesus. A, the village uh, where we were. My cousins and shit are crying and stuff because they don't know if like the next one's gonna hit the house or whatever. Uh, meanwhile, I'm like, why the fuck? Why are you bringing me here? You made it to America. How old were you when you started going over to the Middle East? Yeah, what, what, what uh, year was that? Oh, this is, I go like every year. Oh, uh, do you, kid, do you yeah. still go? No, no, no. no okay, <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, I was gonna say they're, they're, at <laughs> this point, fucking TSA is like this guy's an informant or something. He's fucking Yo, every just, hundred days. He's actually, he's. What you gonna bring him in the room and t- and ask him? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog, actually, if you want to hear some, I talk about this shit on stage and I shouldn't, but it's like somebody tried to recruit me. Really? Whoa! Some kind of uh, intelligence. I don't know exactly who it was because so after the Marines, I uh, I was a. I just reported on wars, and you would just back in the day. You just go on your own. Mm-hmm. You just show up and like fucking. All right, I'm in Syria now. You know, damn. Or like Iraq, Afghanistan. I worked for like a, a newspaper there, but I would. You know, there was like the war going on in Iraq against ISIS, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go." And because you, you can just hit people up on Facebook, you know. Yeah, where the journalists over there, like, uh, yeah, we can't do any racist things. We can't <laughs> yeah. do any. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, you gotta. We're stigmatizing Arabs. Talk about all this ISIS shit. Um, I have a piece for you. Uh, is math racist? Yeah, that that's your 100%. that's your assignment. I seen one yesterday. Jeez. I seen one. Did I send it to you? There was a lady. Was they were explaining? She said it was math was racist because two plus two doesn't equal four or some shit like some that. Wild. Yeah, Did you see that? yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. it's wild. Nice. I think about all that shit where they're like, oh, we got to be, like, anti-racist and anti-stigma. And it's like, listen, I covered, like, the worst parts of my people for, like, <laughs> three years. Like, it's okay. People, like, people, the thing is, there's, like, an arrogance in media where they're, like, you know, if people hear a story about, like, you know. I think it's lack of trauma. You think it's boredom and lack of trauma. I think people need yeah. to actually, like, live in trenches and fucking see how low things can get. A lot of those people are very, uh, you know, college is paid for, fucking uh, shit like that. And, uh, yeah. All of them, yeah. I mean, they all yeah. kind of, it's hard to recruit people to, because, like, what part of the problem is, like, they'll try to diversify mm-hmm. uh, the NPR stations, whatever. And so they'll get, like, more, you know, black people, more brown people and all this, but they're all the same type of people. Like, they all went to Ivy League schools. They mm-hmm. all, like, have money. So, like, they, it's, they're diverse, but, like, in the way a high school textbook is. I always like, tell, it's like a rainbow coalition, but they're all the same person. Same, yeah. So I, say, I say on stage when I, when I look out in the crowd, I, I go, I can tell everyone here has both parents. Like, <laughs> like you can just feel it in the room. They were everyone was raised by two parents. It's, you know the crowd that terrifies me, dude. Is I did a I did next in line, which is the it's a Philly show run by uh, I don't know if y'all know him, Tyler Wolf and Manny Brown, and it's like a they always sell out, but they're they, it's the most terrifying crowd, which is hot young white women, mm. and it scares the shit out of me. If that's the whole crowd, yeah, I. I uh... I did. I did a, a ten minutes in front of a bunch of fifty-year-old white women, and I, I, I'm watching them walk in, and I'm like, "None of my shit's gonna work, dude. There's no <laughs> way." But then I, I, I killed. I had one of the best sets that night, to, to my knowledge. Nice. But uh, yeah, uh, that's the, uh, the the white women thing. I, I'm starting to see is the worst thing to see in a room. 
Unless they're a comic. Yo, I've learned actually my audience I think is like black women pushing 40. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Nelly Ja Rule fans. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Should come out yeah. of ludicrous next. Yeah. No, I got booked on this show. It was like Hood Heroes. Which oh, shit. It was in North Philly. And it was a benefit for Hood Heroes, which I had no idea what it was. And then a lady goes up and she like starts talking about by, like by any means necessary. And I was like, what the hell? So it's kind of Black Panthers fundraiser <laughs> and you get up like hi hi guys i was the only person i was the only person there who wasn't black all the other comics the whole crowd and they were like yo you probably wish it was some 7-eleven n-words out here right jesus like, christ and i was like watch and then i went up and just destroyed that's nice. hilarious yeah. that's good and it was like that's when i found out it's the aunts yeah i i, I can't aunts. i can't wait to do a, an, an all-black room and just feel like little dicky in the corner <laughs> Fucking <laughs> petrified, and then go up and you know try my best. You got the dopest freestyle. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else was I going to ask you? Uh, uh, yeah, the Middle East was it? You're uh, so you are Lebanese. Yeah. Okay. Um, were you in like Iraq, Iran, everything like that as well? I've been to Iran. I went to Iraq. Okay. Um, yeah. Iraq How, sucks, by the way. It's like one. It's genuinely the worst country. Is it like yeah, a legit like, like the, the way they show it? Is it like a Call of Duty map? Like fucking? No, <laughs> it's just the worst fucking country. Like Afghanistan is genuinely like a beautiful country. You see pictures of Afghanistan and stuff from like the seventies, and you see like women walking down the street and fucking. Yeah, shit that's like how that. Iran was before. Yeah, that's uh, pretty. The wild. religious regime came in and took over everything. Yeah. Damn, it's yeah. a shame, dude. They have such hot women. Yeah. Right. Both countries. Yeah. yeah, they do. And they're like, not nah, cover these bitches up, dude. They're like, we can't show anybody. They're like unlockable characters right now. Like, just, <laughs> we, we got to do something. To I got a joke that's been crushing right now where I talk about like ladies wearing the full burqa. And I'm like, you see a lady wearing a full burqa? Clap it up if you think that's fucking stupid. And and then, like, one or two people will. And I was like, all right, good. The rest of you are dumb cowards. That's great. Because <laughs> it's not part of, it's not like part of Islam is the joke. That's just, like, mm. it's oh. a cultural thing that, like, just kind of happened. Gotcha. Is there a heavy, uh, I don't know much about uh, Lebanon as I should, I guess. Is there a heavy, like, uh, split between people there? Like, is there, like, a... Uh, besides, besides the normal uh, Jew versus... Uh, Arab situation, I guess. Uh, sort of. There, well, Lebanon's not very religious in okay. general. Like it's pretty. So you won't see like a lot of women. They'll dress like just. You, you'll find like thoughts in Lebanon, like straight up Instagram thoughts. Oh shit! Like, shit. Uh, so it's more secular than very secular. Yeah. Damn, I didn't expect that. Uh, look up Lebanese later. Yeah, Dude. I'm having a new uh, <laughs> a new tag in my search history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's mixed because it's Muslim and Christian and Druze, which is a weird mystical religion. Uh, and everybody kind of, it's weird. It's like a, it's a very chaotic country because, uh, nobody really gets along, but not enough to like fight another civil war. So it's just kind of like in this weird equilibrium of like, it's dysfunctional. It's like but living like, with like uh, like how they uh, down south very like uh, Confederate army ish, and they're like, eh, like 
uh, yeah, we lost, but uh, we're not going to fucking try again. Sort of. I mean, yeah, it's sort of like everyone's just kind of agreed, like, yeah, we don't like each other that much, but not enough to start a war over it. Yeah. So then it just you just have a country that doesn't really work for the most part. <laughs> so so did, uh, with back to, um, I'm sorry, I'm just jumping up uh, all over the place, but the, the PBS thing, um, has there been any, I mean, besides the, the downfall of, of losing the job, was there any ups? Like, were, were there any, like, shows or anything you got because of it? Were there any, like, did anyone else reach out to you after the newspaper? I fucking wish, dude. I'm still waiting on Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting. That's great. <laughs> never called. No, I mean, the thing is, nobody gave a shit. It's like, uh, I think, because, again, it's like, you know, if you're not famous, if you're not well-known, you know, I have, like, what, 2,000-some Instagram followers. Nobody really gives a shit. Mm. Nobody gives a shit about me as a comic, except for other comics that, mm-hmm. that know me. And the show I worked for, it's not like it was, like, a, you know, no one would recognize me from it. It's not like that. It's not like a famous show on uh, NPR, so it's just like, yeah. It was just stressful. Yeah. It was just like... You got the cancel culture treatment without the recognition. Nothing. I mean, that yeah, fucking sucks. I've man. always, I've always said, especially when I um, started going regularly to to mics, is um, if my boss pulls me in the room, or I get fired because of comedy, that means my it's reaching out further than what I thought it was. Yeah. So that's. I mean, I, I guess that's an optimistic way of looking at it. But uh, yeah, I mean, people are seeing it. I, I guess the the big issue is, like, it's not something people want to... Because, like, even the Inquirer, like, the guy who wrote it, he wrote a story that was, like, pretty critical, I think, of, like, mm-hmm. NPR, WHYY, and, like, all that happened to me and, like, just kind of how fucked it was. And then I think his editor quashed that and was like, no, you got to write another story that's, Damn. like... Because the story that they ran was more of like a, it kind of made it seem like it was my fault. It was like, oh, comedians have to be careful what they do. Oh, that's whack. And they, you know, they, I was like, if you read the story, I'm like barely in it. Like they quoted me like three times and it talks about how other comics, you know, walk a fine line without getting fired. But it didn't go into like any of the fucking cutting off my health insurance the same day. Two white ladies calling an Arab Muslim a racist. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it took out like all this shit. You know, no context of like, you know, there's people laughing at all these jokes. Like, I think they even like took one of my jokes like completely out of context. Which I that's a mark of pride, dude. Hell yeah! I've yeah, made it as a comment time. comic yeah. now that like a, a newspaper reporter has grossly misquoted <laughs> one of my jokes. <laughs> there's a there's a line in the new uh, Big J special. That's how I don't know if you guys have watched that yet. I haven't watched it yet. No, he, he says. Uh, he talks about white women being like the worst, and he says that uh, a lady called him a Nazi. He got called a Nazi once, and he's like, "He's like they called a Jewish person a Nazi," and she's like, "Yeah, you can be a Nazi," and he's like, "No, I think that's the part of being Jewish. Like, you can't be a can't. Nazi." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh yeah, it's like they wouldn't let me in. Yeah, even if you wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's wild. Saw, that was a sick special. I think he talks about getting pulled off stage at Soul Drills. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did we talk? We talked about that on here when it happened, didn't we? When Big J got pulled off stage, I don't remember. No, he's a big I fucking don't. guy. I wish it, that's another. Speaking of like 
comedy incidents I wish I would have witnessed. Oh, yeah, big time. That was right up in Pennsylvania, wasn't it? That was somewhere Pottstown. in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. Yeah, that like, he's from this area. He's from... Um, Medford, right? He's from Blackwood. Blackwood, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Not born in Philly, but yeah. Yeah, I want to say he was, like, raised in Philly or some shit like that, though. But, uh... Oh, yeah, I can, I can bring up that I, uh... A lot of people don't know. I, I got a, a security job at, at Helium, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I got, we were speaking of, just speaking of Big Jazz, what made me want to say this. The guy that got kind of got me in was like, uh, yeah, oh, every time Big J comes in town, he, he hangs out after the show and we get to drink and smoke and this and that. And I'm like, I'm going to be fucking drinking with Big J, dude. <laughs> Oh, like dude, my my, my butthole kind of puckered a little bit. Helium gets some banger comics. Helium, dude. After shows, I'm like too intimidated to try to go, but like people just party there all night after shows. And I'm like, yeah, I was I was told that the party goes until about one midnight, one o'clock, I've something seen, like that. I've seen later. Really? And I oh, shit. I'm too like a bunch of a I'm like too bitch to go in there, but I'm like because I don't want to get turned away, you know? Because it's like if people don't know you and all that, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That dude, I'm I'm in I said online the other day, I'm in this weird I'm in this weird bubble of uh of comedy right now where I'm just like happy to be here. Yeah. I'm just like happy <laughs> to be in the room with people. Yeah. Like I had uh you know uh Josh Ryan. I don't think I know. No. He's uh he's at High Note all the time as well. But uh they, they just did a show over there on Thursday with uh Peoples and Montag and all them. And uh they did it. So you would get your 10 to 15 minutes set, and then when you were done, you would sit at a table, and they would interview you and ask you questions like you're at like a, like a sporting oh, thing. Post-game. Yeah, post-game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so fucking – the concept is so fucking funny, dude. The questions they were asking and stuff. They're like, oh, so did you think people would laugh at that? You fucking – Oh, idiot. yeah, like someone would say like uh, – like Drew had a joke about uh, – about like a bunch of gays or something like that, and one of the the questions like uh, define uh, you know typical gay, and everyone <laughs> busts out fucking laughing, just random shit like that. I thought it was really it was really uh, creative. Damn, I gotta so, check that out. That seems that's yeah, it so cool fucking it's so fucking funny, dude. That sounds so cool. Uh, supposedly they're going to be doing it once a month. That's what I was told. So I'm hoping that's a thing. Oh, so it's like a new thing for them. Yeah, they've, I think they've only done it. This is only the second time they've done it. Oh wow! They did it a while back, and then Thursday, and I, to my knowledge, it's supposed to be a monthly thing now. So Dope. we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, comedy. When did you uh, get into comedy? Uh, I mean, I've been doing it in like some form since like 2016. Okay. Like, cause me and uh, my friend in Europe, my buddy who I do the podcast with. Uh, it's impossible to plug because it's. I don't think you can shout it all out, dude. That's fine. <laughs> I'm all about synergy. Yeah, it's called the Apocalypse. We uh, we've been doing it since like 2016 in New York, and it's basically like an improvised kind of comedy show. Okay. Uh, and then I was doing musical comedy for a long time, and I started doing stand up after I got the MS diagnosis, because. You know, I mean, there's always a risk of, like, what if you lose your hands or what if you lose your fine motor skills? Mm, yeah. So it's like, you know, musical comedy is not really going to work if you can't play the piano anymore. Uh, which, grace of God, I'm doing, like, very well now. I'm doing uh, – but at the time, it was, like, it really spooked me. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, you know, stand-up is something you can do just, you know. I mean, these dudes in wheelchairs do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some guy, yeah. who's the guy, the ALS guy used to do it? Uh, Josh Blue. He, he uh, no, he's got more. Does he have MS? What's he have? No, there's a guy I with think, ALS who used to do it. He was on Kill Tony? On Kill Tony. I think he just died. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What the hell is his name? He did just now. die. Michael Lur. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. good. He was so fucking good. They, good. I loved how they gave him three minutes instead of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They just, like, let him let him get his shit out. Yeah. Like, All right. And if you – it's funny listening to that because you can – visually in your head you, you – um, you think he's on stage, but when you watch the video on YouTube, it's like him on the side of the stage and in, in the dark yeah, with a microphone in his hand. Yeah. It's, coming from Tony Hinchcliffe, that's funny as shit. Yeah, they got to pan the camera all the way out. Yeah, they got to <laughs> zoom way to fuck yeah, out, they, turn it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I still remember my first time. I, uh, y'all remember your first? Time? Oh, you've only done it once. Yeah, I remember. He, he remembers the first time. <laughs> I was reminded of it a couple days ago. My first time, so I went up, it was a Comedy John. Do y'all, know, y'all know that one? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, mic? yeah, yeah. It's like the black mic in the city, and I didn't know this at the time. I was just like, whatever. I go up there, and my whole set was about how, like, my homegirl took, like, a autism test online, and it showed her that she had it bad. And so <laughs> <laughs> she got a very high score. Like, <laughs> so, but... Well, it was funny. She started saying retard a lot. I was like, she never used to say it before, but now it was like her word. She can say it she now. She can say it now. So was just, <laughs> the whole set was about like, we should keep, you know, now was, she's saying it like it's her word. And the whole set was comparing it to like the N word yeah. where it's like, you know, she'd still say retard. It's, there's dumb reasons not to say it. It's just a medical thing. Yeah. And I was talking about all these reasons we don't say the N word. It's like oh, injustice and the history but I'm talking to a room of just black dudes who all say the N word. Yeah. So like, we don't say it right, and they're like, "We do," because <laughs> <laughs> they're friends being retarded. <laughs> That's funny. It's fucking ridiculous. It was. I was like Bill Cosby. I was just telling black dudes not to say the N word. It's the worst. I'm pretty sure someone like coughed and like was like, "Faggot." I'm pretty sure I got one of those. <laughs> That's great. Yeah my uh, my my first time was at a bar out in the middle of Penn's Grove, and uh, me, Adam, and and Kenny went out. And Adam's like, yeah, yeah, I got, I got a buddy that runs an open mic. So we went, and we didn't know that the open mic was pretty much just a, a ploy from that guy to drink with his friends all night and play Grateful Dead covers in the corner, right? It's just like a, it's like a music open mic. Oh shit! Right. So yeah. we go, we go, and um, I'm like, how much time do I have? Like, I'm trying to be as professional as possible, even though I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And he's like, yeah, dude, whatever. Just do whatever. Yeah, he's doing comedy, guys. Like, we're all outside smoking and shit. We're all outside smoking and drinking. It's like, yeah, he's about to do comedy. Let's go in and watch him do comedy. And I'm like, great. So I go up there and I, I do my my second, my first five I've ever done in my life. And uh, the whole time, there's TVs are on, fucking people on the other side of the bar are talking. I have, like, maybe seven people's attention. In the entire bar, what else happened that one night? There was there was a child. There was any laughs, dude. I got a few laughs. Um, There was okay. So we walk in. There's a sign outside that says "No colors," right? As in like biker, no colors. Not like no colors. Not like Adam, no colors. Right. (laughs) So that was kind of weird. And then you walk in, and they're playing Keith Sweat on the radio. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right. 
I felt like I felt like I was the only guy that knew the song that was playing walking in there. And we had smoke before all this, and I and I remember walking in, and I was like, "What'd you put in this blunt?" Yeah, right. Full on like peak Keith Sweat music plan, and then uh, there was an all white funk band. There was uh, a guy while the band was playing was just like extreme yo yo when. In yeah. the middle of the fucking band, dude. Just fucking. What a wild place. And, it was, and this place has a biker problem? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Right? And then we look over, and there's a lady with a baby on her fucking chest putting him to sleep Jesus. as everyone's drinking and shit. I'm like, what is going on? Like, if we don't start comedy in here, we're not going to be able to do it anywhere. This place yeah. barely sounds like America. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like it sounds like I'm explaining a dream to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that I feel like yours is merciful. At least you had, you, dude. I had a room full of people. Com- I had their complete attention, and they all hated me. That's I, I, yeah, that's fear. I was I was fighting for attention. That's I think that's what it was. Hilarious. Yeah, we stopped going there though, and then we, uh, then uh, my uh, friend Tara, I seen that she was doing an open mic with like a stage and stuff, and I'm like, where the fuck is this at? And she brought up Missy Blues. I didn't even I didn't know Drew or anybody then. And uh, this was what August a, a oh, year gosh. ago. Like we've only been in it for about a year. Yeah. And uh, we went and scoped the place out. We scoped out Sealy's because they, they used to do an open mic with like poets and music and everything on Tuesdays. So we scoped that place out. We signed up, and when I first signed up, uh, you have to go to Drew and tell him to write your name down. My I have a Polish last name, so I I always just say. Put Big Rick on the fucking card. You're not gonna right. say my. You're not gonna say my name, right? So, so he thought he's like, do you have a do you have a song or anything you want to play in the background? He thought I was rapping because the way yeah. I was dressed. <laughs> That's right. Also, Big Rick. Yeah, sounds like a rapper. Yeah, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm doing comedy. He's like, oh, all right, cool. So then I get up, I do the same five minutes that I did at the bar, and it, I, w- I wouldn't say it killed, but I did pretty good for the. I mean, you've been in the room, you see, how, you know how big it is. Um, yeah, it just went from there, and then we just continued to go and hang out, and now there's a fucking, there's like eight of us that, uh, that meet up at like High Note and shit like that, uh, Bar 13, um, they go to Cross Keys, I'm trying to think of where else everyone goes, but yeah, we have a, we have a pretty bad, uh, pretty badass circle, dude, things are slowly moving. Yeah, I feel like that's maybe the, that's like the good way to do stand up is to actually do it with a crew. Because mm. I started just on my own. I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. it was like kind of, I don't think I talked to anybody for like six months. So like even I, even wow. now, even now, you don't have like a, a circle of guys that like. Well, no, now I know everybody. I mean, everybody uh, okay. in Philly and all this. Or at least everyone knows you at this point, yeah. right? Well, yeah, just took it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It was like, damn, like you're going to get all this. Like, this is the best thing that's ever going to happen to you. You're going to blow up. It's like, yeah. There's got to no, be, it's, statistically, it's, there's got to be one person that uh, seen everything that happened to you and was like, that, that should have been me. <laughs> I, I would have fucking did this and this. And. No, it's just, well, yeah, I mean, the only people that cared were other Philly open micers without jobs. Was like, <laughs> they all just high-fived you, and yeah. you're like, I need work. You're part of us now. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually, uh, I quit a, a pretty good job to get back into comedy. I was working uh, third shift at a milk factory. Nice. Working 12-hour shifts. And it was every fucking time everybody was going out, like with the the whole Adam thing at uh, the Grape Room. Yeah. I was working at night, working six to six. I found that at like one in the morning. 
and uh, just pissy because I wasn't there. I'm like, I can't fucking do this. The money's great. My bills are paid, but. Yeah. It's tough, dude. I, I know I have a buddy up in the in New York in the Bronx, works MTA, and it's mm. like the exact wrong hours to do stand-up. They, he works overnight. Yeah. Jeez. They asked me at Helium when I did the interview. He was like, um, he's seen I was how like involved I am. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, you know, other people have tried to work here. They they say it's their dream job, but then they they work here Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and it kills like open mics for them. They can't mm-hmm. they can't just go. He's like, when you clock in, you got to work. Are you okay with that? Like, fucking hell yeah! I'll I'll sacrifice fucking. Friday and Saturday. Yeah, that could be a crazy opportunity. Yeah, and exactly. Like I just, guy. I just exactly like yeah, that's that's what my my neighbor told me. They, yeah. She was congratulating me. She's like, you always hear people uh, when they start out, they're like, oh yeah, I was a door guy at this place, or I was a fucking bartender, or fucking yeah. yeah. Also, I mean, if you're not Fridays and Saturdays, that's like, you know, if you're still not really getting booked that often, that's not mm-hmm. really gonna matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm at, I'm still in the open mic stage of things, so it's like. And then if you know you work at Helium long enough, they have they can just throw you on like some some weekday shows. That's what I I yeah. I, I uh, told my my buddies that I was like, uh, you know, uh, it's like a Trojan horse situation. I'm like, I'm in there now. Yep. I'm gonna get the list and put you guys in the top ten. Let's so see this. <laughs> Inside man. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think that's also. I think if you're like just there, if you work there, and like somebody drops out, they need host. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, you get hosting well, experience. Yeah, I haven't even you attempted stay there long that enough, yet. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I haven't even attempted to do. It. I asked. I'm actually doing a um, um, Abel's Abel's Cafe, uh, Piccolo Cafe and and Vineland. Mm-hmm. They're doing um, what are they called? Speakeasies mm-hmm. and stuff now. He wants to start doing tournaments. He wants to start doing. Uh, he's doing the Magic the Gathering thing over there. And then he wants to do a Smash Bros. tournament. I was like, oh, let me host a Smash Bros. tournament. Yeah. So uh, that would be my first time, like, hosting something. That's it's not right. comic related, but. Uh, something. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Hosting's it. fun. I've been. Were you guys. Uh, I don't know if you guys. You guys may have started too late for Raven. Did you guys ever go there? Mm-mm. No. Uh, it's coming back. They're bringing it back uh, next week. But it was. Yeah, it was the wildest. I used to host a show that started at one in the morning. Oh, shit. It was insane. Whoa. People would get wild. We'd have like strippers come off like their shift and just wasted and hot. And there was a stripper pole. <laughs> it's called the Raven Lounge. Yeah. Okay. They is had it, a, they is had it in Philly? Pole. Philly, yeah. Okay. It's like right now. Square. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. there's a dope burger joint near there. Five hundred degrees. I don't know if you've ever had that. No. Uh, so. so you're 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 living in Philly, right? Yeah, for the moment. I'm moving back uh moving back to New York. End of the month. Oh yeah! Oh, wow. Okay. Well, because I moved here for that, I got recruited for that job. My, right. Uh, I was living there before. Uh, so yeah, I've been going up to do the the podcast up there, mm-hmm. like every few weeks, and just bringing random Philly comics up with me to help like haul my shit. That's funny <laughs> shit. Efficient as fuck. Yeah, that's funny Love shit. It. Yeah, uh, comedy's been a, a fucking wild thing lately i i'm starting to we had uh we had a friend a few uh on a few episodes ago um kayla and she uh she's very like go with the flow live your life enjoy yourself type person 
And I, I messaged her the other day and, and told her that, like, I quit my job to do comedy. And now I'm like, things are, like, falling in place and I'm doing what I want. And she told me she was, like, tearing up. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> like, like, she's happy for you? Yeah, yeah. Like, she's, like, uh, she was pretty much telling me, like, she feels like that's why she's here on Earth. She's like, as long as if one person got anything out of that and is doing what they want um, and things are going their way, then then she's fucking, like, happy with life. Yep. Yeah. I mean, but, honestly, dude, fuck jobs. If, Dude, I, yeah. You know, I feel like after the, the, the pandemic, it's my goal is to have the, the fakest job possible. I, uh, I That's why I want to be a software engineer. Yeah. For a fintech company. <laughs> you work, like, three hours a week. I tell everyone the uh, the American dream. Every I think everyone has the American dream fucked up. I think it's uh, do make the most amount of money doing the least amount of work. 100%. That's the American dream. Yeah, that. <laughs> that's a, no one brings yeah. that up. I don't think. You could take that dream to any country. <laughs> yeah, living the American dream. Yeah, I want to go to Japan and do it, dude. I would be, I would be a titan over there. You'd be, you would turn heads in Japan, dude. Bro, oh yeah, people get out of your way. Hell yeah, dude. They think you'd I'd walk like, out of a time ship. Like you ever see, you ever see, uh, you guys aren't heavy in the UFC or fighting or anything probably. There's a, a old fighter, Bob Sapp. Huge black guy. Yep. Like he looks like a Street Fighter character. And uh, he'd go over there and do like the Japanese game shows. And it was always like some wild, goofy shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can fucking, I can do that. Yeah. I, want, I can turn heads and fucking. That'd be pretty sick. Yeah, I just got to figure out how to get to Japan. I got to learn how to swim or fucking something, dude. <laughs> My boy lives yeah. out there. My boy from the Marines. He ended up, he was stationed in Okinawa for a bit and just married a Japanese woman. No shit. Oh, good, wow. good for him. Brought her back to the States for a while. They stationed them in West Virginia. Can you imagine? Jesus. <laughs> the most advanced country on earth. Yeah. yeah, the highs and lows of life. Uh. To just being like, why is everyone enormous? Why? <laughs> Well, from the smallest people in the world to the the biggest <laughs> corn fed motherfuckers in the, the world, the smallest, smartest people in the world to the biggest, dumbest, dumbest motherfuckers. Ones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you dude. She's like, That's oh, so shit. this is America. How the hell did y'all whoop us? <laughs> y'all invented like this. It, thing. it was actually a German that did that. It wasn't us. It was a uh, yeah. <laughs> y'all invented the oh shit button, and then I come here and see who invented the oh shit button, and I'm pissed. I watched a thing last night on YouTube about um, things that scientists are scared of. And the first thing they talked about was there was how they dropped the two bombs on Japan Mm -hmm. and how there was a third one that they never dropped. And it was called uh, Rufus, right? And they had the core that was made out of fucking whatever, just like in this room in the, in the, the middle of this factory. And there was a, a plate that went over it. Kind of looks like a Juggernaut from X Men, like his helmet. Yeah, went over this thing, and there was like uh, pretty much like so atoms can like still bounce off of it or whatever. Mm. And uh, instead of putting like the proper things underneath of this plate to put it on top, this guy just like put a flathead screwdriver underneath it and was just like whatever. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and because if it touched, if it touched, a bunch of radiation would fucking <laughs> come out. Right, so he's like, oh, I'll just fucking wedge the screwdriver in there, and it'll be good. He ended up dying. Like, he ended up, he 
so, like it moved or something and it every it fell on it. Yeah. It fell down on it and all the scientists in there their assholes puckered. They all started glowing in the dark and shit. Yeah, and they <laughs> they said it started turning like blue and shit, oh, right? Shit. This thing could have blew. It was a fucking bomb. Damn. It could have blew. And uh so it it fell and he hurry up and picked it back up, but it was already like so much time happened. There was already like fucking a fallout 3 amount of radiation that maybe, came out of it. Maybe dude, maybe we're wrong about doing the least amount of work. Right. <laughs> he ended up dying like three days later Damn. from radiation. Jesus. That's how much radiation was in there. But they, they, like the whole fucking, that whole building could have exploded. Like, like Japan. You could have blew up a whole town. Find out, look, look that up. Look up, uh, uh, World War Two uh, Rufus. See if it pops up. It should pop up. Yeah. I like, uh, my dude, my I don't know what your YouTube algorithm looks like, but dude, my YouTube algorithm is just like weird history. It's like the, the disturbing case of the dude who took ninety days to die in a cave. I had I had the well the the first time I had COVID, I was stuck in a house dying for two weeks. The the real COVID that was the first time I had it, and um, OG COVID, not this the OG COVID, not the fucking common COVID that everyone has now. Uh, my algorithm was so fucked up on on um YouTube. Yeah, the original Chinese COVID, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the manufacturer. Yeah, yeah. yeah the original four loco <laughs> COVID. Yeah, yeah. My whole uh, recommended was just like um PlayStation and N sixty four wrestling game gameplay. Nice. Like that's all it was, dude. And I couldn't get it out. Like I couldn't fucking. I didn't know how to rotate it out. Did you find the which column? Did you find anything? I mean, oh. You can't if fuck, you if you dude, fuck yourself like, over watching too much dumb bullshit. You can tell YouTube to forget. Oh, can you? And it just resets it to like a regular. I didn't know that. I'm gonna I'm look in my history real quick. Oh, I'm you gonna can factory reset YouTube. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, I might I might yeah. have to do that soon, dude. Because my shit is yeah. wacky. Yeah, my shit's wild. I, I started like listening to this like audio series called all tomorrows and it's basically like if this alien race that was like a billion years ahead of us kidnapped us and then mutated us what would we look at like in the cosmos huh. yeah that that wild ass goofy shit so i haven't I been that, that i haven't been yeah. that high yet yeah i was high as fuck bro <laughs> <laughs> i was up there with them yeah we uh we originally wanted to do so like if we do get video going um we have a green screen, don't we? Did you end up buying that green screen? I want to no. say I want to say you did. I got this thing. No, we wanted to do like a, uh, you know, who Action Bronson is right. Yeah. Okay. You know how his he does his fucking like ancient aliens thing with the green screen. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's just like the couch with them sitting there smoking. Uh, it, I wanted I wanted somehow to be kind of like that. Oh, I'm I'm looking through my history for this fucking. Goofy video. It's fun also when you start shooting video, you can kind of play to the camera as well. Because you can know, oh, I'm going to clip this out or whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's There's been a lot of dumb shit that's been said on here, and I wish it was like a camera like The Office that I could just stare into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Can I plug my Instagram? I feel like I should have done you could, Yeah, you can plug anything you want, dude. Yeah. yeah, if you want to see dates or whatever, my podcast, it's Jad Slay on Instagram. J-A-D-S-L-A-Y. 
I'm so upset I can't find this fucking. Um... Oh, here it goes. The most jaw dropping sites in the. No, no, no. Cursed objects that scientists fear is what it was called. I'm going to try and play the little clip if I can get it going. Maybe you do them often. Nope. That is an ad. Do you pay for YouTube bread or whatever the fuck it's called? Yeah. You do? Oh, here it goes. Alamos Research Center for Testing. It was fondly nicknamed Rufus. However, soon after a series of fatalities, it would go by a new name, the Demon Core. Because it was designed to be placed in a bomb, the plutonium mass had only a slim margin before it went supercritical. This is where the bomb would achieve an exponential nuclear chain reaction, in simpler terms, big bada boom. And they just had this bitch Scientists sitting in a room. Test how close like they, the bomb while they were working, it was just like to the right. By lowering a half <laughs> cell of beryllium. The tamper would reflect the neutrons emitted off the radioactive you admit a, a, plutonium and fire them back. A new guy starts core. and he's like, what's that? He's like, oh yeah, don't touch that. That's the uh, the third atomic bomb that we didn't drop like in Japan. Safety regulations required spacers to be inserted between the tamper and the core. This made the entire process much slower. But if the tamper and core made full contact, the plutonium would go super critical, and all that would remain of the Los Alamos facility would be a black it's a fucking mark Wiley Coyote black mark on the However, road, dude. It made that shit from acne. Louis <laughs> Slotten decided to use a quicker, riskier method. He discarded the spacers and instead used his trusty flathead screwdriver to wedge between the tamper and the core. <laughs> Aware of how stupidly dangerous this was, Lewis nicknamed this method Tickling the Dragon's Tail. Nice. Man, I may All enjoy right. a game of Buzz the Wire. Like, like he's the reason why we have, have, we have, have like OSHA violations and shit now. Probably, <laughs> yeah. like, it's him. Though Lewis was confident in his method, perhaps a little too confident, which led him to make a deadly mistake. On May 21st, 1946, Lewis was demonstrating his screwdriver method to several other scientists when suddenly the screwdriver slipped. Everybody froze as a hot flash of blue light filled the room. Lewis hurriedly flicked the tamper off the exposed core, but it was too late. You know fuck was yelled when that happened. He's like, fuck! quadrillion fission reactions took place. This was about a million times smaller than those first atomic bombs, but it was still deadly. And in that instant, his life had been shortened from decades to mere days. This action released an intense burst of radiation, highly energized ionized atoms. And these radioactive atoms can smash through DNA like a wrecking ball. So our DNA is held together in chromosomes, Billions of genetic building blocks linked. In you know that company talks about this guy and like the when they started. Like if someone starts there and they're like, "Listen, don't be like Lewis now. <laughs> Think about the problem." <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fucking don't nuts. Don't just rush this through shit. In tissue decay or mutated DNA sequences that cause cancer cells to start spreading. And that's the reason radiation is so dangerous. 
it corrupts our bodies on a fundamental level. And so the scientists were rushed to the hospital to be examined. Fortunately, most of the scientists had stood further back in the room and received lower doses of radiation. However, Lewis had been stood right in front of the He was in that shit like fucking... Now, for perspective, like Doc, like Doc Ock and Spider-Man Two, dude. He was <laughs> in it, dude. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, say Thor when he fucking pulled that shit together yeah, in front yeah. of that star. <laughs> yeah, dude. I couldn't imagine his fucking face probably melted off like the uh, Ark of the Covenant. You stand, the Indiana next, Jones. You stand next to him. You just hear, <laughs> like you just hear the fucking like the the meter thing. You are hearing all those chromosomes crackle and shit. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> That shit's wild. If you want to, if you want to watch more like radiation bullshit, there's a guy, a Japanese dude, who got like a crazy dose because they were pouring some kind of nuclear fuel. I heard about this into a reservoir. Who, dude? The dude, like his, <coughs> it took him like 90 days to die, and it was like every, it was the worst death imaginable. You just Google like worst death imaginable yeah. Japanese nuclear on YouTube if you want to feel nuts. better about your life, dude. Yeah, it took him what? Probably 90. had a cigarette in his lip and everything, dude. You just like, yeah. <laughs> you got 90 on a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, Damn. it took him like 90 days to die, and each day got worse. And it was like 11 out of 10 pain from day one. It's like day 11, his arm fell off. Yeah, I mean, his like skin his was falling off. Like, they had to, like. Wild. They had to like do something to keep his skin from falling off. There's another thing in that that same video they talk about. They were, I guess, they were underground somewhere, and they found all this uh, radioactive shit. And it was like this huge rock, like as big as this table, probably. And they took a picture of it, and you can see in the picture, it was so much radiation coming off of this rock that it was warping the the, the film. Oh wow! Damn. And, and you can see the fucking. You can see like uh, like a, it looked like a filter. Yeah, as, as you say, you see like blue and red lines and shit in the oh, fucking picture, shit. and it was the last thing. Like they they recovered somehow they recovered the camera or something, but I they didn't live at all. Yeah, they definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, I hate to bother. Is there? Can I pop to the bathroom? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, take a break. We'll be right back. All right. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. I need to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Do it. I don't need the bad piece, more piece. I don't need the bad piece, more piece. I don't need the bad piece, more piece. There's like too much funk in this song. I don't need the bad piece. Like it's Stanky. like. Overflowing. <laughs> Man. So, uh, yeah, we're back. Um, made our phone calls, used the bathroom. Um, yeah, we were, we were talking right before we started recording again. Uh, you have a show coming up, you said in New York? We got a show coming up April 21st. It's the nude comedy show, Secret Location in Brooklyn. That's yeah, I think you got to buy a ticket, and then they tell you where it is. That's wild. If so, how's it for it to be a secret location? How like do you? Can you imagine the cops coming in while you're on stage? Like, look at me, guys! I can. <laughs> have you thought of that yet? Like, have you? Drop the penis. 
cop walks in. There's like 80 people there, and one naked guy on stage <laughs> making him Actually, laugh. I think, like, the, I think the first two rows are also naked. Really? Oh, what? Yeah. That's wild, dude. The fucking Gallagher seats have to fucking get naked, <laughs> too, dude. That's funny as shit. I hope nobody charges the stage naked. Damn. Unless they're hot. That'd be, that'd be it. Yeah, that's fair enough. No one naked in the first two rows is going to heckle. So you do have that going. I don't know. What if there's, like, just a dude in the front with a hog? <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> Show's over, dude. If I walk out and yeah. I see a fucking hog in the front row, I'm leaving. What's the fucking, what's that dude's name that they talk about on your mom's house all the time? With the fucking uh, big black dude that's just Damn, sitting I on the bed. His fucking name. What's his name, like Tank or some shit? <laughs> uh, I know it's like a one word name. Like he just goes by something. Yeah, I would immediately turn on the crowd. It'd be like getting heckled by some dude's enormous dick. <laughs> that's great how do how do you how does one pull that off no pun intended uh, uh how, how do i you don't know that? dude it's a big show like uh the i think they usually sell out uh, it's a normal uh, thing like they've done it yeah multiple they, times they do it i think uh, maybe once a month or something that's funny as shit dude i can never i don't think i'm i'm not comfortable with my own body let alone Comfortable enough to get naked on a stage. Bro, I still swim with a t-shirt on. I'm definitely not doing that shit. The fuck? The thing is, dude. That's, I, that's, that's impressive. I, I, looked up the, I looked up the other people on the show, and they're all, like, fucking hot as hell. Really? Like, what the fuck? I thought it was going to be, like, some body positivity, you know? Yeah, some, yeah, like, yeah. thicker people on there, like... You just gotta. Uh, as soon as you get on stage, you gotta cut it. Like this is a. This is what an Arab an Arab dick looks like, guys. Like real Arab penis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I have a conspiracy that that's. I think Osama bin Laden probably had a, a big one, dude. Oh uh, yeah, I think that's why they buried him at sea. <laughs> <laughs> like, we can't let anyone dig this one up. Yeah. Uh, we can't let them find shit. another Rasputin. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. he's got Rasputin vibes. Yeah. yeah, he is. He does have that sleeper Rasputin build. I love when they uh, they uh, raid like all the computers and shit. They get them all back, and then they go through them, and they find just like seasons of Naruto. Nice on Bin Laden's laptops and shit. <laughs> like he was like Pirate Bay and Naruto. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of it's slightly cool. Like if someone asked me for a cool fucking. Uh, 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 Fact about Osama bin Laden. Oh yeah, he was a fucking he was a, a Sasuke fan. <laughs> like, <laughs> like finding out Hitler did a uh, Picasso paintings. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he was a charcuterie board connoisseur. Yeah, you're uh, the, the naked show. Yeah, dude. I'm right now. I'm debating. It's like, first of all, here's you want to hear some dumb shit. I started smoking again because okay. I gotta lose weight for that show. I gotta oh, fucking shit. cut. I, like, stopped smoking. I was like, hold on, I got to do this in three weeks. Also, there's a very hot, like, much more successful comedian than me who I was on a show with. Somewhere else is on that show. Mm. So I got to look fucking good. Now, how do they do, because, like, normally when people go to, like, like mics and stuff like we go, like, people are, like, propping up phones on beer bottles and recording each other and shit. Yeah. You're not just going to go there and just, like... Like as as knowing you now, I'm not just gonna go. I'm like, I I got your footage if you want it, dude, so you can post it. Like, how how, yeah. how do you do, how's that work? That's, yeah, how do you pass the tape off? Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be tough because I yeah. hope 
I wonder how they do the phone thing. Like, do they put them in those like Bill Burr bags and fucking <laughs> box them up and tell them like you can't use them until you leave type thing? Or like, well, I asked them. I was like, can you film your sets? And like, yeah, you can film only your set. You can't like <laughs> just film everybody and just Go jack home, off to the jerking other off to abortion like, jokes yeah, yeah. and shit. Like, hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna well, have to right? ask like whoever's on before me. I'm like, yo, can I? Because I have to start my tape. You know, mm-hmm. before I go on stage, probably because I'll probably be in like a green room or something with a bunch of other naked people. Or are you are people. you clothed there and then like you get naked? I'm next to Terry Almighty, ne- next to Terry Cruz on the side of the stage. <laughs> Some dude named Wood. Yeah, that's his name, Wood. <laughs> yeah, fucking Wood. I don't know. Shit, I think dude. a power move is to be naked in the green room. I'm just gonna sit there and cross my legs. Sit right in the middle of the couch. Yeah. Yeah. Or just come straight to the really door. destroy the crowd. Come straight to the door with your shoes and clothes, like to catch a predator. Yeah. <laughs> like you're just fucking ready to go, dude. With like a Zima. Damn, that would be the most diabolical move. Just yeah, that would completely <laughs> irradiate the couch. No one. <laughs> That's unreal. We just got to put a screwdriver under your foot. Uh, That's, yeah. all. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I'm trying to think of like what jokes. Dude, the thing is, here's the tragedy is, and I'm not, you know, I do got a nice hog, but <laughs> it's a grower, not a shower. Ah. And the thing is, I'm going to be on stage where I'm going to be, you know, it's like you're you're under threat, you know? So it's going to yeah. attract. It yeah. doesn't want to get snatched yeah. off by a fucking. It's going to go inside. It's going to go, go inside. Go in, go in the house. So my, my uh, girlfriend doesn't believe me when I say that when you run, that your wiener goes in your body. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just fucking, she's like, it's got to like slap around or something. No, it just fucking, everything just fucking tucks in like a turtle and your body's taking all the blood flow from your dick. So now I have to like, my apartment's not big enough that I can run fast enough so she can see in person because I'm not going to do it outside. So I need like, I might have to come down here and do it. This might be long enough here. Might have to get naked and run from wall to wall so she can. You could do it clothed and then just show her. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I guess that makes more sense. But if you want to film it, then yeah, do that. Yeah. Now, have you boys fucked with blue shoes at all? Oh yeah, uh, dude. He's fuck. He's probably on one now, dude. Damn. Yeah, micro dosing blue chew. <laughs> I stay happy. I stay chubby all day. That'd be wild. Uh, I have a shit. I have a dependency of on on your blue chew. He had a, he had a, he had so much at one time. He was like passing them off to me. Bro, I bought too much. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. I'm thinking about like nibbling on one, but I don't want to, because I want to go out there like half chubbed. I want to go out there like just fucking flang it a little bit. That's true. Like, yeah. if you do go out there with a hard dick, like, is I don't that, want to. Is that frowned upon, or I is don't that call the um, you got to Yeah, you got to go out there where it's like. <laughs> There's probably answers to all these questions. Yeah. That, like, they've probably heard every question. Yeah. About the show, like, what if I do go out with a hard dick? I don't think, dude. It's don't touch it. <laughs> yeah, if you touch your, <laughs> you can go out hard, but the moment you touch it, yeah, you're you can't Louis describe. CK, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike in one hand, dick in the other. Uh, That's, that'd be wild to like accidentally become Louis CK. Like you go out there hard because you took a little bit. This may happen to me. I'm gonna take like a corner of a blue chew. I think. See if I can get a little bit hard. Mm. But I'm a very high T dude. I get boners. I'm. I still get boners like a teenager. Good All for the you, time. dog. Yeah. I'm kind of jealous. It's Dude, it's Arab genetics. High testosterone. <laughs> fucking. Yeah. 
It's going to be, I'm, I, this is my worst case scenario, is I take like a little corner of a blue chew, not the whole thing, and it, instead of half chub, it's just full. It's full on. It's going to be pointing at people, and then I'm, during my set, I'm going to get like an itch, and I'm going to go and scratch it, and then all of a sudden, whoop. Sexual uh, assault, yeah, dude. Yeah. That someone opens up the door, the wind goes through, yeah. smacks <laughs> your dick a little bit, and just, yeah, dude, that would suck. We, uh, I stopped taking the blue chews, and I, I was taking, um, those honey packs you get at like a gas station. Oh shit, those are shit, bro. Damn, those little Arab fucking, those little Indian uh, uh, fucking honey packs. You buy, you buy Arizona green tea and shake that motherfucker up, dude. <laughs> That's where it's at. Maybe I do got to go up hard because the other dudes on the show are like just hot as hell, chiseled. That would that would be the next news article about you. Like, did you see that fucking comic that went up with a hard dick? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Busted on like, yeah. <laughs> just came on a lady. Uh, I've never shit. taken Bluetooth before. Just <laughs> the last in the Gallagher section of the yeah. front. They're just like ah, that's the punchline. Damn. Yeah, that's scary, dude. I would have to to yeah. If you get if if your dick gets hard on stage, you have to go up like full Bernie Mac. Like I ain't scared of you, motherfuckers. Yeah, yo. yeah, yeah. You'd have to. I don't know that my thing is like to I'm asking again I'm asking all these questions that I, like if I was to do that show I, that guy's email uh, thing would be packed with shit but uh yeah now I'm thinking like okay your your dick's hard on stage what if you bomb and, and, and your and your and your dick <laughs> <laughs> yeah what if you're like what if your dick is like a barometer yeah. for yeah. like how you're doing <laughs> and if you're killing your oh, yeah, full dude. staff be yeah, Actually, I think it would be most upsetting is if I slowly got hard throughout the set, you know? Oh, <laughs> man. Like, if their laughter was, like, feeding it. <laughs> That's great. You start bombing, it gets, it gets softer, and then you, yeah. then you come bring them back, and it just gets harder and harder. It's just, yeah, it's fun. <sighs> yeah. I just got, like, I think you just gave me anxiety. Thinking about even attempting to do that. Gonna I'm gonna get wasted. I think that's probably the solution. That's and then your dick won't get hard at all. Yeah, yeah, dude. Gonna get wasted. Dude, <laughs> that might. That I gotta might, titrate it. Have yeah, the uh, and wasted. I think I'll have like a long. I know it's it'll gonna be, be a chub, but yeah. it'll grow. Yes. Yeah. I'm hoping I get pussy off of this show, honestly. But I have to. I don't know because I feel like if a girl's seen my penis, she'll be like, I. I don't count towards like I wouldn't count towards her body count. You know, she's already seen me naked. <laughs> it makes it's sense. Like if she had sex with me, it's like I'd only count as like half half a point. We're gonna see you on blacked in a couple weeks. Damn. <laughs> Wait, like I get blacked? <laughs> no, I hope yeah. not. Uh, <laughs> All the time, the huge black man behind you is like, "Yeah, this guy's funny." I see him on a show. Dude, that'd be wild if I show up to the green room and get naked, and then I get blacked. Can you imagine? Jeez. There's no show. There's a guy at a There's desk. No show. There's a guy at a desk with a fuzzy face. He's like, "Hi, my name's Rick." I uh... <laughs> know. I'm thinking about Black Ambush. That's another. Oh my god. Of... <laughs> hey, yo! I had a, I had a, I had a buddy just told me like New Game Plus. <laughs> Damn. I had a buddy just told me he's seen um he's seen uh the like the fake taxi over where we uh, live in Cumberland County. Oh, like, shit. there's no way, dude. Like, the fake taxi. I thought that was in Europe. That's what I thought. So, he said it looked legit, right? Mm. Supposedly, somebody, like, it's tax season. You know we have dumb motherfuckers over there. Mm-hmm. Someone probably bought a taxi, pimped that motherfucker out, 
and is driving around like, yeah, I got the fucking yeah. fake taxi. Yeah. Pretty good. He's yeah, doing yeah. some like fucking quiz show in Britain <laughs> with the taxi. <laughs> yeah, right. That was uh the the guy that uh what's the guy that does uh cash cab? Mike Rowe? Yeah. No, not Mike. Ben, that's that's dirty jobs. Ben Bentley. Yeah, that's there you go. I get them too confused. Uh he was on somebody's podcast. He was talking about how he stopped doing the show and started doing comedy more. And I guess uh he's like the next time you see me in a taxi, it's gonna suck because uh someone's gonna see me and think they're in the cash cab. No, I'm actually just working right now. Like times are hard. <laughs> yeah, he's like not doing the show no more. Cash yeah. cab. Yeah, but yeah, uh it's been fun. Um, I don't know if you have anything else you want to want to plug or anything. You have any? Nah, everything the, just besides the the naked show and whatnot. The naked show. I'm gonna be back. Actually, I got like three shows in Philly next month, so I'm gonna be back. And I got one in Jersey, I think. So yeah. if you just uh, jump on my IG, uh, J A D S L A Y, uh, see all kind of clips and stuff. Actually, from my, the one clip from. Uh, Celia's Blues, is that what it's called? Masili's Blues, mm-hmm. yeah. Yo, it's at fucking 109K views right now. No Damn. shit. Oh, yeah, dude. From a little show in Turnersville, dude. Yeah. Holy shit. There's something to that fucking building. There's a fucking spirit. There's Every time I... I just brought this up to someone else, too. Like, speaking of Masili's, um, everyone I know that has been on that stage doing some type of art is succeeding somewhere in life right now. Yeah. All of them. All the rappers, all the fucking poets, all the singers, all the comedians. Everyone's doing something. Like, they're still, like, it wasn't just, like, a little thing. They were fucking doing something. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a fun room. But, uh, yeah, I was supposed to have a code for um, a few bucks off the next show. I talked to Drew about it. He's going to give us a uh, promo code. That's dope. For uh, tickets to just a comedy show, so once once I get that going, I think I'm gonna that'd be a normal thing as well. Plugging that, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys. Um, Don't worry about last week. I know you were worried about it. He was worried about it. We just rescheduled, so Mm -hmm. it's no biggie. Shit happens. Um, yeah. I don't think I have any uh, besides starting this new job and doing mics. There's really nothing. Me coming up. I'm still waiting for you. We gotta we gotta talk after this and figure out what you're doing with comedy here soon. Yeah. I know I know school's in your way, but uh yeah, we'll uh we'll figure shit out. This was fun. Um I I enjoy you. I uh hopefully you're if you're ever in town again you wanna hang out again, let us know. Yeah, and, I'll be around uh, all day yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh when when are you moving to New York again? Uh end of the month. End of the month. Okay. Uh, yeah, this was, uh, episode 86 of the Burning Bridges podcast. Uh, you can follow me on everything down to fucking everything down to Xbox. I believe it's Ricky isn't funny. Um, all one word. Kenneth. I'm not plugging anything. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny plugging shit. Plug shit. Yeah. Uh, follow everything. Uh, Burning Bridges podcast, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, um, 
We got a TikTok. We don't use it. We should, though. I get yelled at by all my friends to plug everything and do everything, and I'm like... It's a come, lot. come help! Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah! But uh, yeah, this is this was fun, and uh, see you next week. Peace, deuces. See ya.